how are you now? Oh, how are you right now? Saint Patrick is back at Montreal. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am here to talk to you all about your Montreal Canadiens playing at home at the Bell Center against the New York Islanders and their new coach, somebody that we know very well, somebody that Habs fans all have some kind of fond memories about, whether or not you actually got the opportunity to see him play at any point in your life. Patrick Roy is behind the bench for the Islanders. Um, look, this is a, a, a big game in many ways because, number one, there's a, a former legend coming back to coach behind the bench. It's been a long time since he's coached in the NHL at all. Uh, you know, he had a stint with Colorado, and then he went back to the queue and was extremely winning with the Rampart in the queue uh, recently, uh, last year, actually, winning the uh, Memorial Cup. So, um, interesting to see him come back. They gave him a huge ovation during the Canadian National Anthem. They played a couple of clips of him up on the big screen, and uh, fans were super excited to see him, of course, uh, as they always are in that building. Uh, we treat our legends right in Montreal, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he deserves that. That man stole two Stanley Cups for the Montreal Canadiens. I was not alive for the first one in 1986, uh, but that team had no business winning the Stanley Cup. And then in 1993, we all know what he did. Um, if, you, if you don't know, go pull up the highlights on YouTube. There's full clips that you can watch of what that man did in 1993. It was amazing. I was a three-year-old kid, and I don't remember it myself. So sometimes i got to pull up those highlights and take a look at them. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I remember it myself. But... Uh, a big game because the Habs have been absolutely shit lately. And, um, you know, they've got a legend coming back to the building. So the building was excited. And people wanted to see a better effort from the Montreal Canadiens in this game. We don't just want to have a legend come back and whoop our asses up and down the ice all night. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the recap and everything else. But first, it is playoff time. And the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore in the NFL. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to Bet Online today to stay updated on the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. We changed the tagline a little bit, folks. The game starts here. And this game, it started again with that big ovation for the legend, Patrick Roy and the Habs. Mm, their starts lately have not been so great. Um, hoping, obviously, for them to have a better start in this one. And they actually managed to deliver that. Surprisingly, for the first about five minutes, uh, almost five minutes anyways, they have no shots on goal. But they get the first power play. Hudson Fashing is uh, off for a puck over the glass call. And uh, I might hate that rule. It might be, in my opinion, the worst rule in hockey. But it's a good power play coming from the Montreal Canadiens. Uri Slavkowski gets an opportunity uh, basically on the right face-off dot. And instead of shooting the puck, he kind of looks like he, he looks at the net like he's going to shoot it. But it's a shot pass. Make no mistake. This was intentional. He was shooting it purposely wide because he wanted to put it in position for Nick Suzuki, who was out front. And he redirects it into the net past Semyon Varlamov. And it's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Then later on in the period, they call Brennan Gallagher for a hook and Noah Dobson for a slash. Two soft calls, but at least, you know, they were being even with their soft calls. 
And it leads to some four-on-four action. Now, on that four-on-four, Nick Suzuki gives it to Cole Caulfield in the offensive zone. He dances through two defenders and around Semyon Varlamov and puts it into the yawning cage. What a goal from Cole Caulfield. It's almost like he hit a couple of posts in his previous game, and he went, all right, well, I can't hit the post if I just drive in and I put it into the net from two feet away. It's 2 nothing for your Montreal Canadiens. What a goal from Cole Caulfield. And then they have a short power play at the end of that four-on-four because the penalties weren't called at the exact same time. So Gallagher's penalty ends first. Habs have a very short power play, and guess what? Mike Matheson carries it into the offensive zone, easily slices around the outside, goes in behind the net, backhands it out front, and Sean Monaghan is there, puts it in the in the net. It's 3 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens in the first period. What the fuck is happening? This is not the same team that I watched in their last game against Ottawa whatsoever. Samuel Montembeau actually got an assist on that goal, um, which is nuts. He actually has two assists on the season, and Yoel Armia only has one. Ugh. That's kind of painful to even think about. But anyways, nothing from there. That's your score. 3-0 for the Habs at the end of one period. A way better start than you could possibly expect from this team if you take into account their recent performances. But now, of course, we have to face ourselves with the unenviable task of watching the Montreal Canadiens play with a lead. We know how terrible they are at that. And it's really not a great start in the second period. Jaden Struble goes off for high sticking, and then Jake Evans gets uh, sent for holding the stick. The Islanders get a five on three. Now, there were some people complaining about the Jake Evans holding the stick penalty. Look, he got a chance on goal because he went after, I think it was Noah Dobson. I can't remember who it was, but he was the last man back, and Jake Evans just grabbed his stick with the free hand and threw it out of the way and then took the puck and and went in. Like that, That is absolutely a penalty. I have no qualms about either of those calls. It's a 5-on-3, and you know, 5-on-3s in the NHL, not something that you want to give up. Bo Horvat at the side of the net, gets an opportunity, and he makes no mistake. Samuel Montembeau was playing a very good game up till here. You know, a 5-on-3 is one way to get past him, and Bo Horvat does it. It's 3-to-1. Please don't do this, Habs. Please don't blow another multi-goal lead in this season. I'm not sure I can handle it, but it's looking a lot like every other fucking game where they've had a lead. Just bad. Just not good hockey. They're in a shell. They are not trying to do anything on the offensive uh, end. They are just trying to survive in their own zone. And somehow, they managed to get all the way to the end of the frame without allowing another goal. But they really got to turn this around because they were outshot at that point 30-20 to going into the third period and outchanced pretty handily. Um, they need to get a handle on this game or it's it, it, they're going to blow that lead. They're going to blow that lead. Now, the third period, at the start, they're a little bit better. Not quite the Habs with a lead bullshit that we're used to seeing, but nearly seven minutes in, Anders Lee takes an interference penalty and the Habs do nothing on that power play. And that was kind of a, a sign for me that something bad was, was going to happen. But we get all the way down to eight minutes remaining in the game. And Brennan Gallagher... You know, Adam Pellick is coming up the ice with the puck, okay? He gets rid of it, and Brennan Gallagher is kind of crossing over, has an opportunity to hit him, but he's not in the position to actually land a hit with his shoulder. And as he passes by him, he just chicken wings his fucking elbow up and hits Adam Pellick right in the head. That's a disgusting hit. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, the highlight probably isn't very hard to find. 
If you're having trouble finding it, you can find it on my Twitter page. And I said the same thing uh, on my Twitter when I initially saw the hit. That's a gutless play. It has no place in the game. Brendan Gallagher should probably be suspended for that. He got a match penalty and a five-minute major. So not only did he do something absolutely gutless and stupid, um, he's actively hurting his team with that penalty. So uh, they got to kill off five minutes now for this stupidity that was completely unnecessary and had no potential positive impact for the Montreal Canadiens and guess guess what the fuck happens just guess what happens if you didn't watch the game what do you think happens of course the Habs are already bad at playing with the lead how bad do you think they are when they got a five minute major they got to kill off well first it's Matt Barzell there's about two minutes left in that five minute power play he walks down towards the bottom of the left uh, face-off circle and snipes above Samuel Montembeau that makes it three to two then with just seconds remaining, it's uh, Kyle Palmieri at the side of the net. He gets one opportunity. Samuel Montembeau makes the initial save, but Palmieri jams in the rebound, just barely gets it over the line, and all of a sudden we're tied up at three. Way to go, Gallagher. Congratulations to you, man. This is, I mean, I, I don't know if they would have been able to hold the lead at five on five, but they sure as fuck would have had a better chance if you didn't take that five-minute major. But then guess what, folks? Guess what? The Habs apparently had one more in them just one and it's all they needed we get the game going back again at five on five and the new look second line is out there i guess it's the second line i mean i don't think anybody even knows who is the first second third line outside of the first we know we know who's on there it's wherever whenever nick suzuki and cole caulfield are on the ice whoever the fuck they decide to put out there is the third that's your first line the rest of it we don't know but anyways Sean Monahan's back out there, this time with Josh Anderson. Anderson gets the puck in the offensive zone on the outside, on the half wall, throws it back into the middle for Sean Monahan, puts it on a platter for him. Monahan obliterates that puck past everyone, including Varlamov, into the net. It's 4-3 to three for your Montreal Canadiens. The Islanders would get a couple of chances from there, but they would be shut down by Samuel Montembeau, and uh, they hit the post once as well. And that was all she wrote, a 4-3 win for the Montreal Canadiens. Maybe not one that they deserve, but hey, you know, they don't ask how, they ask how many. And in this one, the Habs scored more than the Islanders did. So they, as far as the process is concerned, they did enough to win. And uh, boy, did they need a win. Uh, coming off the heels of the last couple of games that they've had, uh, they needed to get one, and uh, they managed to get one here. So lots to go over here before I can end this podcast. Let's start with your player of the game. I think that's uh, a pretty obvious one in this one. It's it's Sean Monahan. Uh, two goals looked fantastic out there um, doesn't have any consistency in his line mates they changed lines in the middle of that game I mean they started with Josh Anderson up on the top line and then they took him off and they put him with Monaghan Monaghan had played the previous what three uh the previous six games I think with Joshua Hawa and Yoel Armia like he's not getting any consistency at this point but the one thing that has been consistent is his effort level and the the quality of play that he's offering for them I mean we're quickly approaching the deadline like it's it's roaring its way towards us and he's one guy that has an incredibly easy to absorb cap hit plus it's expiring at the end of the season so the Habs don't even need to offer to retain any salary people on Twitter are saying it's a crazy thing for the Habs to say 
oh, they're going to get two first-round picks out of Sean Monaghan. So anybody who's been saying that, keep in mind, we already got one of them. We already got one of them from Calgary. The other one is what we're going to get from another team. And make no mistake, there is a team out there that's going to pay a first for Sean Monaghan. There is a playoff team out there. There are multiple playoff teams out there that could use a Sean Monaghan in their lineup more than they could use the first-round pick that they have. And I guarantee, okay, I don't want to guarantee it, but I would be very surprised if the Habs don't get a first-rounder in return for Sean Monaghan. I think the only way that they don't get a first-rounder is if there's some very attractive prospect that that is included in the deal like if they were to trade him to Dallas for instance and it was Maverick Book coming the other way I would say all right I'm okay with there not being a first at that point because you got a first in in Book already so you don't necessarily need to get another one we'll take we'll take a second all right you you give me Maverick Book in a second and I will build Kent Hughes a statue right now but he's gonna get he's gonna get value out of Sean Monaghan and I think this is where you got to sing Kent Hughes' praises a little bit because this guy clearly had a lot more hockey in him than Calgary thought he did, and uh, they needed to get rid of him because of salary problems, and look at how Kent Hughes managed to turn his cap space into an absolute fucking weapon. Amazing. Um, he's having a great year, and uh, and he's healthy this year too, Sean Monahan. So, um, look, great pickup for the Habs, great game from him. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he's long for the organization. I think he is going to be traded. And I think the good news in that is that we're going to be adding another, you know, pretty good pick uh, as a result of that. So uh, great for Sean Monaghan. Uh, well-deserved player of the game nod for him in this one. Close second for me was Cole Caulfield. Uh, Caulfield looked great, obviously. Went in on a great dangle to get his goal. And he just, he was buzzing out there, especially in the early goings of the game before the Habs went into their stupid fucking defensive shell that they go into whenever they get a lead um he looked dangerous and i just wish that they had a way to keep that faucet on once they get the lead you know good teams are capable of doing that keeping the pressure on when they have a lead and then that turns into some laughers right that's the one thing with this habs team i don't think we're going to get all season we're not going to see any laughers with the way that they play with the lead we're not going to see any seven to one seven to two eight to two games uh, we're just not going to see it because they play so badly with the lead. But if they did, if they figured out a way to play well with the lead, Cole Caulfield probably could have had a few goals in that one, not just one. Um, he looked great. Uh, Nick Suzuki as well. Um, you could have given him player of the game. He looked well, especially even when the team was going into their defensive shell. He was the one guy that was making some plays up ice um, where he would kind of slow things down a little bit coming out of the zone and he would look for a winger. Uh, because of course the wingers are bailing out of the zone way too early like they always do but he was somehow turning that into opportunities for him making long stretch passes but making calculated stretch passes not the the high risk ones that tend to get picked off he was making ones that were actually going tape to tape and at worst they were ending up as dump-ins versus ending up as icings or ending up as interceptions and going the other way on odd man rushes so uh, good game from Nick Suzuki for sure and then last but not least Samuel Montabo um, excellent game absolutely excellent you you can't fault him for any of the goals that went in they were all scored on the power play and uh one of them was scored on a five on three what are you going to do about that he made all of the saves that he needed to make he gave them every opportunity to win that game and they figured out a way to do it despite the fact that they had their own players trying to get in the way of that so um that's a good segue i guess for me to get to the gallagher hit and look i said it in the recap that's a gutless, disgusting play. Uh, it has no place in the game of hockey. And if there's any justice, he will be suspended. That, 
hurts me to say because I'm a big fan of Gallagher. I own a jersey with his name and number on it. Uh, I've been a fan of him since he first broke onto the scene as a fifth-round draft pick, and nobody was expecting him to do dick fuck all. And he shows up at Habs camp and surprises everybody and almost makes the team in his first camp. I've been a fan of this guy, but that is a disgusting play. No place in the game. No place in the game. Um, I I honestly, I, I'll be... I don't want to say I'll be upset if he's not suspended because on one hand, I, I want the Habs to have enough players, uh, enough experienced players to be able to ice a, a proper roster for the remaining games before the All-Star break. But on the other hand, this sport needs hits like that to be punished. You, you can't let them go. He needs to be out at least a couple of games. It's got to be at least two. Uh, I know he has no history, so it's going to be hard for them to go like five or more on that. If he had a history of a lot of hits like that, then you might be talking about an eight-game suspension or something like that, but he doesn't. So we're probably looking at, you know, four max. I'd say two to four is is probably the range that we're looking at and something fair for that hit. And I I hope that Adam Pellick is all right uh, because... He certainly looked concussed on the ice, and I wouldn't be surprised. You get chicken winged like that with somebody crossing over your body. Um, it's it's just it's it's not good. And um, you know, I I hope I hope if he gets interviewed or something that he apologizes for it too, and and, and recognizes his mistake because that, I don't think that's characteristic of Gallagher. I don't, I've never seen him be dirty like that before. He has a tendency to drive the net and, and get in on the goalie a little bit. Uh, we all know that, and we, we all know that that's not a very popular thing for you to do, but he does not have a history of going after people's heads like that. That was uh, that was gross. I, I hope I never see that from him again because, really, I, I, I don't want that in this sport at all. But I digress. You know, he took a five-minute penalty. It could have hurt the team, and they figured out a way to win that game in spite of it. And I don't know if this is a game that you want to hang your hat on too much, right? Even Martin Saint-Louis... In, in between the second and third period, uh, they interviewed him, I think, at the start of the third after a TV timeout, and they asked him, like, what are you seeing in this game? And he's like, well, I wish we would stop shooting ourselves in the foot, play good hockey with a lead. And it's like, well, fuck, dude, you're the coach. You, you can't figure out how to get them to do that because that's kind of your job. Um, this is one of the things that they really, it, it's becoming more and more pressing that they need to address it. I, I know it's not, it's not pressing in the sense that they need to figure it out by the next game or by the end of the season necessarily. But me as a fan, it's becoming really hard uh, to watch games in general because it seems like lately there's two different types of Habs that show up, right? There's the Habs that are able to get themselves out to a lead and then they just blow it by leaving the building with that lead. Or there's the team that doesn't show up at all from the start. I guess there's also option three, the team that shows up for one period and then plays the other two like they were never there in the first place. And it's, you know, you you never know which version of this team you're going to get. And I guess the good news is that when we see those, those good stretches of hockey, right, when we see that one good period, when we see them gain a, a 3 nothing lead, we know that inside of that, inside of their ability to do that, there is a good hockey team, right? There are good players. There are good plays that lead to that happening. They just need to figure out how to put everything together cohesively and get a few more pieces to add to the core that they already have. 
And then we'll see what time, what, what kind of team they actually intend to be at the end of this rebuild. So we're getting close to it, I think, um, but clearly not there. Not there, right? And if the Ottawa Senators have taught you anything, never declare your rebuild over until you know that it's over. Um, I'm going to cut it off there before I, I launch back into some more negativity. The, the, the positive, you know, the final thought that I want to leave everybody with is, look, if they can get out to, to three nothing leads, if if they're capable of hockey that looks like that, that's it was fun, it was run and gun, it was back and forth, and they were the team that was getting the better chances. If they're capable of doing that, then that means they're capable of doing it more often. They just need to figure out how to do that. That's it. We're running over 20 minutes, almost 21 minutes. So c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Quoi d'autre qu'on va faire? Avec un gars comme Patrick Roy dans le bord 6, man. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.